what to do in the new space of your micro school. Where do you put everything? What happens when you are transitioning from one location to another? What happens if this is your very first year of starting a micro school and you need help? You are trying to figure out what this should look like, where things should go, what you desperately need to prioritize. What happens when parents come to see you? What happens when people are looking at your space and they want to connect with you? What do you do with all of your school supplies, all of those boxes and those papers that you've been saving as a teacher for years? Where do they all go? What happens if you are not in the location that you dream to be in, but you're in a place that is going to make do for this year? Well, friends, that's exactly what this episode is going to cover today as I tell you about our transition from my home after running a micro school in our house here in the state of Florida for the past three years and moving into a dance studio, which is going to be a shared space. I'm going to talk to you about what that move has been like, what I have learned when it comes to organizing our materials, what to get rid of, what to keep, and how I've been able to cope with the change and what happens if you are in a transition location because you are not at your number one dream school spot. In this episode, you're going to hear it all. So go on your walk, take a little bit longer on your drive, sip that coffee just a little bit more because we're going to really get into it. Welcome teacher to the Let Your Light Shine podcast. If you're searching for the freedom and permission to design the life you love as a teacher, you're in the right place. I'm on a mission to help teachers just like you build their own dream school or homeschooling business. In this present day, the world needs you, teacher friend, to step out in faith and give students an education they love and so deserve. In this podcast, I will teach you how to start a fulfilling and profitable homeschooling business that lights you up. I'm Mackenzie Oliver, former elementary teacher and instructional coach on homeschool teacher and business builder. I'm here to empower you to step outside the classroom and choose the experiences, the curriculum, and all the moments that put a smile on your face and your students. Does it seem like a dream? Well, it did to me until God opened the doors and made it reality. Together, we are breaking through fears and moving the crowd. So get out your notebook, sharpen your pencil. It's time to get your teach on. I know, just like me, you are in a season of starting something new. Or you may be going, okay, this is going to be my last year of teaching where I'm teaching. I'm going to start my micro school next year. We have so many people in our Facebook community who are sharing that with us. I have many coaching clients who are preparing right now for their school next year. I enjoy coaching everybody on their journey. I have people who have been in micro school business for a year, two years, some even three. I have a lot of coaching clients where this is the year that they are starting. And I have coaching clients that have not started their school yet, but they are preparing when the time comes for next year. Each one of the people that I speak with, that I coach, that I consult with, are on their own very special journey. They each have their own priorities and their own goals. And I want to say that wherever you are, you have a place. You have a place here in our community. We are here to help you as you transition from where you have been to where you are going. And it is my absolute pleasure to coach so many people. We sit across 
Zoom each other, hash out all of the plans, create priorities. And I will say that the number one priority that I have for every single coaching client is that they know their priorities when it comes to financials. Yes, financials. So if you are in a position right now where you are starting, I really want to hone in number one, that financials are most important. And I know that might seem big and that might seem scary because you're thinking, I don't even know how I'm going to do this financially or what does it even look like financially? And I have some very vulnerable conversations with people I'm so proud of that even are still working through the numbers, but they are pressing through it. And I really want to be sure that we are all making plans as we start the school year to get our finances in order. So I know that is different than what this podcast's title is all about, but I just got to say that because so much of what I'm going to talk about today has been a, a result of discipline when it comes to financial planning. And many of you guys know that we started our micro school in our home three years ago during the pandemic. And because we started in our home, we were able to save so much money on overhead. We did not have to pay rent anywhere. It was in our home. We were able to take so many tax write-offs and I didn't have to travel as much, even though we went on field trips. So I saved on gas. I saved on clothes. I saved on so much at my house. It was just so financially lucrative to start in my home. And even though we grew and we had some growing pains with the year three ending with 18 students and three, sometimes four people, adults at my house. So you're looking at anywhere between 21 and 22 people at my house every day. It was a lot. There were some growing pains. In that time, we were looking for another location at different churches, but we decided we were going to continue to stay in my house because it financially made sense. Yes, there were sacrifices. Yes, I have been spending the summer getting my house back in order because now we are moving into a dance studio, which is just a couple minutes away from my house. So I want to share with you our transition from moving out of my home into this new location. Many of you guys have seen it on Facebook. You can follow us at Lighthouse Learning Micro School. You can also, in our Facebook group, I've been posting pictures, just been posting our journey, and I think that's very, very important for you to see what it looks like in real life before you look at it looking all perfect and pristine, right? So I want to share with you what the transition has been like. I want to also share with you my biggest, most important lessons that I've learned throughout the course of changing. Okay, number one was definitely the financial piece. We were sacrificing our own living space in order to start the school out of our home, which many people do. And I understand that there are a lot of people who cannot do that. I also want to say that you may think that we live in a super large home. We have an 1800 square foot home. We do not have an upstairs and a downstairs. We live in Florida. We had taken our living room turned it into a classroom. We took our den, turned it into a classroom. We had used our kitchen. It's a pretty big kitchen. We also turned my office into a classroom. We used our back porch. We used our 
neighborhood park. We literally used everything. And I will say to you that financially, no, I did not have cute decorative pillows around my house. No, I did not have nice breakable items around my house. I had it very functional. We had to get rid of so many things. We had to minimize our life. And honestly, now that we've moved it out of our house, I have loved every minute this summer of turning my home back into a home. We have so many more plants. And I did have plants in my home whenever we had the school here, but I just went to a whole nother level. I finally got rugs back in my house. I got pillow, decorative pillows in my house. We got a new couch for our den. We got a new TV. We got a, a few different things here and there that our family didn't have when we had the school in our house. So number one, we saved big time financially. And yes, there were times where I'd be like, I don't, I don't want this to get out of my house. As a matter of fact, someone told me my very first year before the school even started, she was dropping items off to my house to donate for me. And she said, now I hadn't even started yet. Okay, this is summer of pandemic, getting ready to start in August, probably end of July. She's like, now you know, your next thing is you're going to get a building. And I said, no, I really don't want a building. I like having it here at my house. I love the coziness that I'm going to get to give these children. And it's, I, I always wanted to work from home. And now here we are year four and we have a building. And although this wasn't a part of the quote unquote dream, I think lesson two here is that we have to be very adaptable because a lot of us want to wait until we have the picture perfect location. I really never saw our school leaving my house. I wanted to buy a bigger house on a bigger piece of land and build the school in the back. But after time and time of looking for homes, working with realtors, leaving, leaving notes on people's doors, um, putting offers in on homes, we did not get that opportunity. But that's okay. God bless us with a, with a better opportunity right now in his eyes, even though that's not what I planned for. And this opportunity fell right into our lap. An after-school program took over a dance studio, so the dance studio is no longer there. An after-school program came in and took over the area. It's 5,000 square foot. There are four classrooms, um, two which are very, very large, two which are a perfect enough size for 12, 15 students, maybe even possibly more, probably all the way up to 20 but we won't have any more than that. The other two classrooms, you can fit 50 people, 60, 70 people in a room at a time. They're really huge. So there's four classrooms. There is a lounge for the teachers and there is an open lobby in the front. So this area has a lot of room. Yes, we are sharing space with someone. So I know for me, I was very hesitant about sharing spaces with people because I heard you had to break down at the, at the end of the day. You some places won't let you hang things up. And that really was keeping me away from wanting to share spaces with others. However, because I had been networking so much in our community, calling around to different churches and daycares and asking all sorts of questions about getting another space, the after-school program director got in contact with someone who was a church director. And the church director said, well, listen, um, while you're here advertising for your summer camp and your after-school program, I want to let you know that there's a lady that lives in my neighborhood. She has a school out of her house, and I know that she's looking for a space. Side note, I didn't even know the lady who worked at that church lived in my neighborhood. So it was just really neat that she had been seeing our school grow and told this lady. 
the, the after school director. And the after school director contacted me and said, I've got a space. We don't use it during the daytime. Come check it out. At first I was hesitant when I saw the space. It does not have an area for the children to play like I wanted it to. Okay, again, picture perfect. I wanted to have this big two, three acres of land. I wanted the play set. I wanted the cute pond. I wanted the garden area, the place for the chickens, the place for the kids to run and play. But it didn't have that. And I'm going to be honest with you. I was like, no. I love the fact that it that it has a place where we can drive to the park, but I am just not really feeling it right now because it was also in a plaza close to a lot of shopping area. And with much counsel, I realized that I was really trapping myself. I was pigeonholing myself in a corner and was really going to be keeping our school from growing because it wasn't quote unquote picture perfect. I was not looking at all of the blessings that this place could give us. One, we can collaborate because we're not in competition with each other. Our businesses can feed off one another. Two, the rent was so much more economical because they are renting as well. So we are splitting the rent. So financially, this makes sense. Another way that this financially makes sense is that this area is going to allow us to grow substantially. So although it didn't have a place for the students to play, which was my number one criteria, we are improvising because the park, which is a gorgeous park, an amazingly beautiful, gorgeous park in our historic area, our students will be going there each day or they will be going to our neighborhood park which is only a couple minutes away from our house so the school location is in one direction about five minutes to my house in our neighborhood park and about two minutes to the park so our bus our school van will be shuttling the students in rotations to the park for the students to play there's also on the side of the building a blacktop area where the students will be playing in the morning. They will be able to have organized games. They'll be able to play basketball. So they will be able to go outside, get some fresh air, get some sunlight, but they are not going to be out there playing on a jungle gym. We will be taking the kids to the park. Every child will have at least an hour to play at the park every day. Plus they'll have 30 minutes in the morning outside. Now, how will we use this space? This space we have out of the four rooms that we will be utilizing, we have three classrooms. We've got our kindergarten first grade classroom. We have another classroom that is math and science for grades two through six. And then we have another classroom which is reading, writing, and social studies for our classes two through six as well. So we will be ability grouping the second through the sixth graders more than likely because of the age difference as well. We'll be having second, third graders, possibly some fourth, and then some fourth through sixth graders. It's going to work out beautifully. And yes, we are going to have to adapt to that as well. But at least we are trying it. And I believe that that is a very important lesson for all of us is that we at least try because we'll never know we could be pigeonholing ourselves into an into a situation where we are not allowing ourselves to grow and we feel suffocated, right? 
So I'll be sharing our journey with sharing the space throughout the year. And I forgot to mention the fourth room is a huge room. And that room has wall to ceiling, or I'm sorry, ceiling to floor mirrors because that was one of the main dance studios. That is where we will come together every morning, the entire school, and have our community meeting and prayer. It will also be the place where students eat lunch every day, and it will also be the place where students go into the big dance room. We turn on some music, and they get to exercise and dance and do fun little activities. It is also the room where students go at the very end of, day, uh, end of the day for dismissal. So that's how we intend to use the space and I love it because we're able to have so many more volunteers this year and many parents being able to volunteer because with it being in my home and the amount of students we had and the teacher assistants we had, I really was not as inspired to have that many volunteers. Although we did have volunteers, it just felt way too constricting to have so many people there at a time. So now with more space, we're able to have so much more community involvement, volunteers, parent helpers. And although we had that this past year, this is going to be on a different level and, and offer many different opportunities. I will mention that there are going to be some changes. Like for an example, our parents typically just dropped off. They didn't have to get out of the car or a pickup. Now they're actually going to be coming in, signing out. So that's going to be something new. And then the teacher's lounge, we have an area in that in that room for the parents, I'm sorry, for the teachers to store their materials. And that will be like a little community area where we'll have all of the community supplies. And of course, the teachers will be able to go in there and have a lunch every day. So that is how we're going to utilize our space. Definitely make sure you're following us on Lighthouse Learning Micro School and in our Facebook group as we take more pictures and keep you updated. Now, that I've shared with you my space, I've already mentioned two things to you about transitioning and moving into a new space. And one is the financial aspect of it. Being able to make wise decisions financially so that your business and your school is sustainable. Number two, the second lesson that I've learned that I believe is super important for all of us is that we have to start where we are. Do not despise small beginnings and just because your next location isn't perfect doesn't mean that it's not perfect for you now in this season. So for me, I have this super big dream of our school being very similar to a farm school, but we live in Florida in kind of the city. So that is a very hard task. I'm not saying that it cannot be done, but I do know that I'm having to wait. And so from that, I can't be creating my creating for myself an opportunity to bubble myself in and the school in and these children in because it's not quote unquote perfect it's at least perfect for this time and we're so grateful there's so many incredible opportunities i wish i would have seen it when i first said no but i learned my lesson and i hope that that helps you as well because financially physically it is very, very advantageous. Okay, number three, I want to share with you that with this new space, with a new season of teaching and with micro school building, this is so important. Less is more. Please get rid of it. Please, please, please. I'm, I did, I've done this so much as we had it in our home. Of course, we had to constantly, I mean, it's almost to where I'm sure our neighbors thought this is a joke, right? 
Almost all the time, I was putting things out on the side of the road for free for the taking. I'm not a garage sale girl. I used to be growing up, but I'm not a garage sale girl anymore. To me, I just want to have somebody else have it. And it's easier for for us to just put it on the side of the road. We live on a main street. People can come. They take whatever they want. And honestly, everything is always gone. Literally every piece of furniture, chair, anything we ever put out there, it was gone. Or we would take it to Goodwill, but most of the time it was gone. But less truly is more. I mean this for your physical space. I mean this for your mental space. I mean this financially. We want to get on and start buying this and buying that. No, they need this and they need that. And then you get all of the stuff and you're like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do with all this stuff? And we're not allowing ourselves to make room for student growth. So less truly is more. Again, we took everything out of our home and put it in a storage unit for the summer. And we just moved it into our space. And my husband was like, honey, we have too much stuff. And I'm like, there's no way. How did we have all of this stuff in our house? And even my the teachers who are here, the parents are like, you hid that so well. Whoa. That was a lot of stuff in your house, but where was it? Like, where were you hiding all of it? In the closets? Yes. In, in our garage. But I, I didn't want my garage to be all junky either. So, man, we were like really moving things together like a puzzle. But we got it to the school and my husband looked at me and he is very simple, very calm. He looked at me a bit overwhelmed. Honey, we have got to do something. I'm worried we got too much stuff. So I said, okay, not a big deal. Hey, I got this. Over 20 years of doing this, I know how to get this classroom together. Teachers, we know what we're doing, right? So I went in there after he unloaded everything. And number four here is organize and separate. So I took all of the boxes and I started separating them into different rooms. I said, okay, this goes into the math and science room. And maybe you don't have different rooms, but maybe set out four tables. This would be good. I went and I said, okay, this is for math and science. And I put it in a room. You could put yours on a table. This is for reading and social studies. I put it in the reading and social studies room. You could put it on a table. Then I took all of the primary materials and I put it in the kindergarten first grade room. So there I was able to separate and then I looked at all of the other stuff, the paper, the pencils, the scissors, the whiteboards, the clipboards. Okay, where's all this stuff? And I put that into the community supply room, the teacher's lounge. So again, you're going to separate into categories. For me, it was math, science, one, two, English, reading, social studies, three, primary, four, community supplies. And again, if you don't have rooms, if you're just using one room, start separating all your curriculum, your content, all of that into separate tables, separate stacks. And I quickly found, whoa, I got a lot of stuff for reading. Now, it's interesting that I knew I had a lot of stuff for reading at my house, but once I separated it into different rooms, I was like, holy smokes. I have double, uh, no, no, guys. I have quadruple reading and social studies compared to what I have in math and science. And I've got at least triple primary materials than what I do math and science. Can you see here that I'm not really much into math and science? I mean, I love teaching it. But reading is my jam. I love, love, love that. So I've always naturally just collected more reading materials. So once I separated it all out, the boxes, put them in different rooms, 
Then I actually went a step ahead and started getting everything out of the boxes. And I started making stacks. Okay, these are the chapter books. These are the picture books. This is the writing material. This is the reading material. This is the handwriting books. Math and science did the same thing. Here's all of our STEM activities. Here's the math books. Okay, here are all of the hands-on learning manipulatives for math. Then I did the same thing in primary. I started categorizing all of my materials. And it was so nice because maybe you have things just stuck in different places Putting it all together might feel like a very overwhelming task. It did take me about five hours, okay? It did take me about five hours. But those five hours, after I went room to room, put all the boxes in every room, then went, I started in one room, by the way. I started in the community supply room. I started getting everything out of the boxes, throwing things away, even thought I, even though I thought I needed them. Started throwing things away, started organizing all the community supplies, Then I went to the reading room because that had the most materials. Worked that area first. Got everything out of the boxes. Put them in the right categories. Then I went to the math and science room. Got all of that squared away because I thought, okay, after the reading room, whew, that was a lot. I'm going to go do something easier. I'm going to go to the math and science room. And then I ended with the primary room because, let's just face it, that's just fun. The calendars and the charts and all the fun little cute manipulatives. Oh, I ended it with a bang and I ended it in the primary section. And what I did was I laid everything out room by room by room. And then I saw, okay, I thought that I needed to order more of X, Y, Z. No, I don't. Oh, I thought I needed more of this. Um, No, I don't. Oh, I thought that I had enough of blank. Uh, No, you don't. You need to order more. And just doing that, really alleviated so much pressure of the things that I thought I needed to buy or the things that I thought I needed to get rid of. So organize and separate. And then number five is to get the opinions of others. So I called my husband. He's super simple. He was there with me, of course, the whole day. And I was like, all right, honey, let's go into this room. Look at all of these materials. What do you think? What do you think we need to get rid of? What needs to stay? Where should this go? We worked it out. Went to the next room. Okay. What do we not need in here? What looks junky? What's too much? What do we need to get rid of? Did it for every single room. One by one by one, we literally took room tours. So that was step one. Step two is tomorrow, all my teachers will be coming and I have all the materials set out for them because this was all the things that were in my home. Yes, they can bring their own items too, but I wanted them. Remember, less is more. I wanted them to come and see the area first before they started bringing in all their items right? Because I didn't want them to start moving in all of this stuff and I already had tons of it. And plus, remember, we are sharing the space with others. So we have to be very cognizant about how we're displaying our items. We have laptops that we've got to keep in a cabinet that we're going to lock. We have a filing cabinet for each teacher. We've got a seven drawer cart for each teacher and we have a bookshelf for each teacher. And then, of course, we have the, the teacher's lounge where we can keep a community supply of materials. But other than that, I wanted those teachers to come in and I wanted to get the opinions of them before we started ordering more or throwing things away. I'm going to let them come in and help me decide because it's their space as well. So again, I hope that these steps helped you. Number one, think financially, pray for wisdom, Number two, be adaptable. Even if it's not picture perfect right now, 
Don't despise your beginning. Number three, less is more. Number four, organize and separate. And number five, get the opinions of others. I look forward to seeing you back here next week because we are going down to one episode from the ne- for the next several weeks, we're going to go down to one episode as we are transitioning back to school. And so stay tuned for the Tuesday episodes because those are where we will be. And you can find us in our Facebook group. You can schedule a coaching session and get the materials to start your school at teachersletyourlightshine.com slash shop. Hey, hey, teacher friend. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. I pray it inspired you, touched you, or challenged you in some way. Because we are making big shifts and using our teaching gifts for God's glory like never before. I'm so grateful for you. The number one way you can support this show is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts and also share this with another teacher. Come join me in the virtual teacher's lounge known as the Teacher Let Your Light Shine Facebook group. Until next time, keep shining your teacher light. The world needs you.